Good morning, everyone, again. Welcome to our online service here at Impact Life Church. We're so thrilled and honored that you came to join us this morning. So blessed to have you. And, uh, you know, before we get started, let's just have a word of prayer, and we're going to jump into uh, what the Lord has for us today. So, Father, we come before you today in Jesus' name. Lord, we are so thankful for who you are to us. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for your precious word. Your word is life to us. Your word is truth to us. So Lord, we come with great expectation as we approach your word today, knowing that you are speaking to us, knowing that you are directing and leading us. And so Father, we give you all the praise and honor for it. And Holy Spirit, we just honor you today. Thank you for living inside of us, that you are strong and mighty on the inside of us, and you are revealing truth to us. So we thank you for that. We bless you. We love you. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, man, as we said again, so glad to have you. And uh, this morning, starting today, we're actually starting kind of a new series uh, that the Lord has really been placing on my heart uh, for the last little while as we've been leading up to during this time. And uh, again, we're, we're, we're so excited what the Lord is saying to us, because how many know that we go from glory to glory, from strength to strength, and from grace to grace, and faith to faith? Everything about us as believers, as Christians, goes up and higher and higher. We don't backtrack. We are those that are going to be falling back or staying mediocre. No, we are on fire. Therefore, we are pushing forward, advancing forward. And again, so glad that you're joining with us. So if you got your Bibles, let's, let's pull them out today. And I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 12. And before I read that, I want to just kind of share a little bit of a foundation this morning about what we're going to be talking about for the upcoming weeks here. And uh, first and foremost, I guess what was really stirring in my heart is just understanding the season that we as, an, as a church family really are at. And uh, something that just keeps stirring inside of my heart again is that we are really in this season where walking with God needs to be our top priority. And of course, you may have heard that before, but I really want you to pay attention to that, that walking with God, that we do life with Him. And of course, this is important in every season of our lives, but particularly in the season that we're living in now, we've got to be walking closely and intimately with Him. When you hear those words, walking with God, well, just I want you to think about even with your, your spouse or a good friend or whatever it may, the case may be, when you say I'm walking with them, means you're going in the same direction, that you're, you're able to have discussions, you're able to, you know, you're going, you have the same vision and purpose for your life to go forward. Well, when I mean walking with God, it's along those same lines, but at the same time, it means that I have a strong fellowship with Him, that I got strong relationship with Him, where I'm hearing Him on a regular basis and I'm obeying what He's telling me to do. And it's, it's so important that we have that, especially in the time and in the season that we're living in. You know, in Amos chapter 3 and verse 3, I want to read this to you before we jump into Romans 12, which I didn't forget about yet, just in case you're wondering. But Roman, or sorry, Amos chapter 3 and verse 3, it says, Can two walk together unless they be agreed? Now, it is vital that we understand that we need to agree with God. God's not going to necessarily agree with us. We have to get on board on his ship. Why? Because his ship isn't sinking rather than asking God to jump onto ours. You know, talking about mankind or men, man's thinking. Why? Because our, our ship is already sinking. We've got to get on God's side. And that's the whole premise behind this is when you really start to understand how God operates or why God thinks or why God does what he does, you will always win in life. 
And it is vital that we get his thoughts from his word, not just living out of our own opinions, out of our own belief systems, however we were brought up or from whatever culture we come from. We've got to get onto what God says and how he described and prescribed life to be lived out, that we follow it according to what he says. It is important for you and I that we really spend the time on the inside, that we making sure that we're lining up with his ways. And I know you're passionate about it. I mean, it's a little different for me on the camera. I'm sitting down, but on the inside, I'm jumping up and down. I'm excited about this because I know the Lord wants to do great things in you and my life. And the beginning point of all this is that we actually start getting on his side. And in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, so how do I, rather than you know staying on my own little ship with my own little ideas and my own little thoughts and my opinions, how can I walk with God? How can I see that relationship become stronger? Is I actually have to get off of my ship and I got to jump ship over on his side. So how do I do that? Well, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 really lays it out for us clearly. And I'm sure you've heard this verse before, but I want you to read it again with fresh eyes. And I want you to hear it with fresh ears this morning. The Apostle Paul says this, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So now let's, let's just let's expand on this a little bit. So first and foremost, he's saying don't copy the behavior or the customs of this world. Why? Because that, that ship has sailed. It ain't going nowhere. It is not going to bless you. It's not going to advance you. It's not thinking like God thinks. And eventually, copying the behavior and the customs of this world will lead to death. That's ultimately where it goes. But he says, let God transform you. Now, when you hear that word transformation, just think of renewal or change. If God's going to do something totally different in your and my life, if you want to become that person that you always knew you're supposed to be, how does it begin? Where does it begin? It begins with you and I changing the way that we think. And again, jumping on God's ship. We find out what God thinks. We think out, see how God thinks. We go and jump on His ship and we see exactly how God operates. And in doing so, what's going to happen? We'll be changed from the inside out. Now this is how we do things. And here's the thing. If we get over on God's side, how do we do this? It requires an exchange. So just kind of picture two ships here for a moment, right? Okay, let's, or I got these little, here's my Bible and here's a coffee mug just for illustration purposes. Here's, here's my ship. Here am I, am I in the cup. Here I am just, you know, swinging, swimming up river, trying to figure out life and trying to do things my way. And here's my opinions. And this is what I was taught in school. And this is what my family taught me. And okay, this is how I'm living. And it seems to be going kind of one way. Well, if I want to be changed or transformed, you know, what's going to take place is a, an exchange or the Bible says a renewing of our minds. Or in other translations, it actually says, let there be an exchange of thought. So if what I need to do is I actually need to go now to the Word of God and I actually need to take my old thoughts and I need to go to His thoughts. I'm, I'm doing an exchange. So here's my thought, God, and God's giving me His thought. So it's a give and take. It's a giving of my thoughts and it's a taking of His thoughts. And every time that I do that, I'm jumping ship. I'm jumping on top of His thoughts. I'm getting on board with Him. And every time I do that, guess what's going to happen when I start thinking like God, start acting like God, I'm going to get God's results. That's, that's the name of the game. And we want godly results in our lives, don't we? So rather than just you know kind of throwing up a prayer out there, oh God, I just hope that this works. I just wish this was, God, I really would like to see this happen. That ain't going to work. 
What God is telling you and I is we have to have an exchange take place. My thinking for his thinking. And when I start thinking like God, right, is going to get godly results. You know, because the way you think, so right thinking equals right living. So it all begins in our mindset. How is your thinking this morning? What are you thinking like? What's your thinking based on? And if we can get it according to the Word of God, we're going to get godly results. And now here's it. When you start thinking like God, you start thinking and seeing right. And as I said, right thinking means right living. So now as we know, God's plan and His will for all of His children, those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, His plan for you is that you enjoy a rich and satisfying life. John chapter 10 and verse 10, uh, Jesus, His words are on red, and Jesus said the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I don't know anybody that wants to hang around somebody like that, where their will for your life, that Satan's will for your life, is to steal, kill, and to destroy. I don't want to hang around that. But Jesus said, but I have come. Thank you, Lord, that he came. He came, why? So that you may, talking you, point at yourself and say me, that I may have a rich and satisfying life. That's what the New Living Bible translates it as. A rich and satisfying life. That is the will of God for our lives. But here's the thing, again, it's not automatic. But here's the wonderful thing about our Father is that he has actually laid out the way for us to enjoy a rich and satisfying life. Just like any good parent would ever do. I mean, those that have children, I mean, I got four of my own. And so what do we do? We want to see our kids live a good, successful life. So what are we doing? We are paving a way. We are showing them. I mean, even on our own, one big thing is too, is if you want to be around our family, this is something that I talk to our kids about on a regular basis. If you want to be around our family and have a good time, there's three things that you got to be doing. You got to be happy, you got to be kind, and you got to be a good listener. What am I doing in saying that? You have to be happy, kind, good listening. Am I just setting a bunch of rules? No, I'm paving a way of how our family operates. And it's the same way in the kingdom of God. If you want to enjoy the rich and satisfying life, guess what? There's ways that God laid out for you and I to enjoy the life that he provided for us. You can't just go, okay, God, well, this, this is, I'm going to live however I want to live. And I want all these blessings coming my way. That is not how the kingdom of God operates. You were taken out of the kingdom of darkness and you were placed into the kingdom of God's dear son. And in this kingdom, there are ways of living. There are ways, and because there's ways of living, we have to have new thinking so that we can live out those ways. And that's what we're going to take this time to be talking about during these upcoming weeks is understanding the ways of God so that we can apply it to our very own lives and therefore live out this rich and satisfying life. So let me just reiterate again what we're doing is we're taking the time to open up and establish heaven's culture into our hearts and minds so that it becomes a part of our thinking and therefore our lifestyle. And the result is is that it will benefit us tremendously. We have got to start living like God on this earth. That's what we're called to do. We're called Christians, Christ-like. That's who we are. So, and as again, the Bible tells us here, this is, this is something that was just stirring in my heart this morning as I was just spending some time in prayer and thinking about these services coming up. But the Bible tells us to seek God's face, not His hands. You know, in Psalm chapter 27, verse 8, the, the Lord speaking to the psalmist, which is David, and He's saying, I've called you or told you to seek my face. And David said, my, my heart's response is, Lord, I'm coming. Now, why do we seek His face? Because His face, it's who He is. It's His nature and it's His character. 
When you seek his hands, you're seeking his provision or what his nature and his character provides. So we're not people as believers, as, as Impact Life Church, as those that are you know, family of the Most High God. We're not here just to search, oh God, what can you give me? What can I get out of this whole thing? No, no, no. We're here to seek our Father. We're here to know Him. We're here to understand His ways. We're here to know His character. We're here to understand His nature. And in understanding His nature and His character, the provision is provided. You know, one way that we've always heard it, and maybe you haven't, and maybe you have, but rather than seeking healing, seek the healer. Because when you seek the healer, the healing is automatically there, right? And that goes for anything that you're studying in the scriptures. When you get to know who God is, rather than what he does, it changes everything. So this is why what we're focusing on is we're not here just to learn another, you know, another topic here to you know, put that on our belt and I've learned about this. No, I really want you to catch the heart behind this. I want you to see God for who he is. And that's what we're going to spend some time in this. You know, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, the Bible tells us to be imitators of God in everything that you do. For then you will present your father, or sorry, then you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. So what are we here for? We are here to be imitators of God in everything that we do. Everything. Say that with me. Everything. In everything we do, we're supposed to imitate him. So what are we going to be talking about right off the bat? What are we going to be spending our time just embracing ourselves in and getting it, getting it, the heaven's culture rooted in our, in our minds, getting it established on the inside of us? God is a God of honor. Can we say that together? God is a God of honor. This is who he is. This is not just seeking his hands and some things that he acts like. No, God is a God of honor. Therefore, he acts honorably, right? Psalm 111 verse 3, it says, his work is honorable and glorious, and His righteousness endures forever. So since God is a God of honor, our lives are to be honorable, catching the very culture and the heart of God. This is what we're going to do. Now I really want, just ask yourself this question, what makes heaven, heaven? What makes heaven, heaven? I mean, of course, because Jesus is there. Of course, because, you know, love Himself is there. But also I want to think, I want to throw this at you, that everyone who is there honors the Lord, and because they honor the Lord, there's honor towards one another. And this is, again, very crucial in the season and the times that we're living in, because how many know in these last days it talks about that the love of God, people, rather than loving God, they'll actually be lovers of themselves, seeking their own honor, seeking their own fame, when in fact you and I, we are called as believers to be honorable, to honor God, and to honor one another. And we are going to get this so strong on our thinking, so rooted down on the inside of us, that every time that something terrible takes place, that sometime when somebody says something nasty about us, that something, whatever bad thing may come against us, our first response is to honor those. This is who we are. We are people of honor. And when we act honorably, guess what the Bible actually tells us? It's for our own benefit. God's not doing there just so that you be a doormat. Christianity is not that you're just a doormat. No, when you act honorably, you're acting like He does, and the result is you're going to get His results. And I know I'm jumping ahead. This is going to, we're going to talk about that in the in upcoming time. But right now what I wanted to do is just lay a foundation as why we want to talk about honor. 
And this is what we here at Impact Life Church are all about. We're here to honor the Lord, first of all, that every service we do, every gathering we have, every song we sing, every offering we receive, it's not just for the benefit of us, but it's first and foremost to honor the Lord. And in doing honoring the Lord, at the same time, when we honor Him, we're also able to honor those that are around us. This is where it all begins, is by first honoring Him, and the result is we'll honor one another. So now let's, let's talk a little bit about this, but before we jump into talking about honor, I guess laying a little foundation for it, I want to read you this verse in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7. In the beginning part of this, it says that fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. What's the foundation of true knowledge? The fear of the Lord. And again, what is the fear of the Lord? It's not that you're scared of God. It means you have this reverence for Him. You have this deep respect for God. You have this awe for who He is. And it says the awe of God or the reverence towards God, it puts you in this place to understanding true knowledge. This is where it begins. This is our stance as individuals. We all have to enter through the same door to true knowledge. Nobody can just discover something and figure, oh yeah, I figured that out. That's great, that's great. But where does it, what's the beginning part in it? Any, any revelation that you've ever received from the Lord, any good thing God's ever taught you, guess where it begins? It begins with you and I honoring Him or fearing Him or standing in awe of Him. So you can trace back to every revelation that you've received from the Lord. Guess where it began? It began with you standing in reverence before God going, God, you are amazing. God, you are wonderful. God, there's nobody like you in all this earth. And that place right there is what the Bible tells us is the foundation for true knowledge. So now, why do we want to talk about honor? Why are we spending the time to discuss it? Well, with honor comes great reward. Now, I want you to turn in your Bible. Let's go to 2 John, and there's only one chapter in the book of 2 John. And uh, I want to read uh, verse 8 to you, and this one is just from the Passion Bible. And the Apostle John, he's saying these words, and at this time, the Apostle John is a very, he's an elderly man at this time. And you know something uh, about those that have, have moved up in age? They can say a lot of powerful statements, a lot of powerful truths with a few words. And I find the, the books of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John are very powerful words from this elder in the Lord who has walked with the Lord. He, I mean, we know the Apostle John to have walked with Jesus. He was one of his disciples for three and a half years and then lived out the rest of his life as a strong follower, as a strong disciple of Jesus. And as he continued following the Lord, now he, he writes these letters to the churches and he says this in 2 John chapter 1 and verse 8. These are very powerful words. So this isn't just some kind of young newbie in, the, in Christianity that just sh- saying something to you and I. This is someone who has walked with the Lord for a long time. And now he's saying this, Be on your guard so that you do not lose all that we have diligently worked for but receive a full reward. Now what I'm going to do is I want to take some time just to break this scripture down a little bit and just let's open it up. Again, I'm just laying a foundation to be launching off into honor as we get into the coming weeks. But I really got to build this foundation so that we understand what position we're coming from. Again, he says, be on your guard. You know, the King, New King James Version, it says, look to yourselves. Now, I mean, those that have continually reading the Bible, you see throughout scriptures, you always see these words, be on guard, watch out, stay alert, right? Anybody ever read some of those verses before? Now, when you read these words, be careful, or look to yourselves, or be on guard, 
It's telling you and I that we have a responsibility to be on guard, right? It's, it's our responsibility. It's not anybody else's responsibility. It's not God's responsibility. He's telling us to be on guard or to watch out or to stay alert. Now, in regards to 2 John, what with the verse we just read, what is he telling us to look to yourselves or to be on guard for what? What do I need to be on guard about my life? That I don't lose all that I've worked for. The way I look at it is, Joel, make sure you receive your full reward. So again, it's my job that I align myself with God's ways in order that I receive my full reward. Now, the question I want to ask you is this. What am I doing to make sure that I receive a full reward? What do I need to be doing? The answer is to consistently honor God's counsel by obeying His word. Now again, I want to just read 2 John chapter 1, verse 8 to you. He says, be, sh- be on your guard so that you do not lose all that we have diligently worked for, but receive a full reward. What are you guarding? What are you watching out for? That you don't lose your full reward. Man, that's powerful. That's, that's some big stuff right here. We got to make sure that we get our full reward. God has a reward for you. Now before I jump ahead into that, The question again, I just wanted to reiterate this, is what am I doing to make sure that I receive a full reward? What am I doing? Again, the answer to this is to make sure that I am honoring God's counsel by obeying His word. So what am I going to do in order to ensure that I get a full reward? I'm going to make sure that I'm heeding or paying attention to what God says in His word and I'm obeying what He tells me to do. I'll give you an example of this. You know, in, in, uh, you can read this, especially in the book of uh, Numbers. But you see this, the children of Israel, they developed a pattern of not focusing on God's Word. They, oh, time and time again, God would tell them to do something and they failed to act. And God would tell them to do something again and they would fail to act. Instead, you hear whining, you hear complaining. And so what they're doing is they're building a way of behavior And their response is always to be negative. Their response is always to go, I don't want to do this. Why is it always so difficult? It was so much better if we were back in Egypt. See, they're programming themselves to not pay attention to what God said, but to continually focus on their feelings. And then what happens when that life-defining moment comes? They're not ready for it. And in uh, in, um, Numbers chapter 13, I believe it is, when the 12 spies, they entered the promised land that God had for them, right? Remember that story? Right? They were gonna, they, there's the beautiful land that God had for them. So Moses sent out 12 spies to go and check the land to see it, what it all is about. And they came back. And what was the report of 10 of the 12 spies? It was a negative report. It was whining. It was complaining. It was, oh, go, they're, yeah, they're giants in the land and they're going to eat us. Man, they look at us and they see grasshoppers and they gave them this evil report. And so the result is, in the moment's time, Everything that they worked for in walking through that desert, coming out of Egypt, all those amazing things that they just saw, guess what? The reward of going into the promised land was gone. Why? Because over a period of time, they had refused to take heed and pay attention to what God was telling them to do so that when that opportunity came, when that defining moment came, they were not ready to act properly according to the Word of God. And so we see right here, they've lost their full reward. And we know that entire generation, those that were 20 and younger were able to go into the promised land, but everybody 20 and over, they wasted away in the wilderness. 
Now that is a, that's a sad story. That's a sad way of living. But again, what's the Apostle John telling us by the Holy Spirit? Make sure you get your full reward. And again, how am I going to get my full reward? By building a habit of continually choosing and paying attention to what God says and then making the choice to live it out in my everyday life. Now, thank I mean, that's a, that's a negative side. On the other end, there are those that we see many times through the Scriptures and even in modern day, there are many individuals that have won or have seen God's heart and developed good decision-making skills so that when they were faced with their life-defining moment, they responded correctly and received great rewards. This is it. So as again, it goes back to choices. We have got to make the, the proper choices throughout our days. Am I going to do what God says? Am I, I see what God tells me? Am I going to continue to carry out? Am I going to continue to do what God tells me to do? When you make the decision, yes, you're going to be a continuer of that word, guess what? You'll be blessed and rewarded for it. Man, that's, that's just the way it is. That's, that's the name of the game right there. I can't make it any simpler than that. But if you choose to hear God's word, you choose to be a doer of God's word, the Bible continually says you will be blessed. But anyone who hears the word but chooses not to carry it out, what happens? Well, according to Matthew chapter 7, their house will collapse. The Bible actually tells that you're a fool. Anybody that just hears the word but doesn't do it. So again, what I want to bring this in light to is in regards to your rewards. God has rewards for you. Yes, there's, there's rewards in heaven, but at the same time, He also wants to reward you and I here on this earth. You know, there's a scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. It says, Godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. You know, making the right choices, choosing to be godly, choosing to act as if God would. Where we just see right here, there's promises of the life that now is, which is the life that we're breathing in right now, and also in the one which is to come. So whenever you make a choice to go God's way, it's going to not only benefit you in heaven, it's also going to benefit you here on this earth. Now, I want to just remind you and I, is that God is a rewarder. This is who he is. And that's why we that's why 2 John chapter 1 and verse 8, it's such a powerful verse. He says, Man, again, be on guard so that you do not lose all that we have diligently worked for, but receive a full reward. Now, again, looking at this verse, if you can receive a full reward, it also means that you could also have a partial reward or no reward at all. So again, we have got to pay attention to our own selves. Take heed to yourselves. Don't pay attention to your spouse. Don't pay attention to how other people are acting. Don't pay attention to what the media says. He's saying pay attention to yourselves. Why? Because you have worked so hard for the reward that's awaiting you. Again, not just in heaven, but here on this earth. God is a rewarder. Can we say that together? God is a rewarder. That's who He is. He loves to reward His children. The same way, again, I'm talking to you parents. How many of you parents enjoy rewarding your kids? Or if you're a grandparent, you love to reward your, your grandkids. Man, I, again, as I said, I got four kids at home. But I love seeing when my kids, when they make the proper decisions, they get rewarded. If they don't make the proper decisions, they do not get rewarded. Right? That's how God is as well. God, I mean, my kids know I will always love them. 
My, my kids know that we, Jamie and I, we tell them on a regular basis, we love you, we love you, man, we're so blessed by you, you are a gift to us. They know that they are loved, but they also know there will be times if they choose to go against what we've asked, they choose to go against what we've laid out as boundaries in our home, they go against that, there will be consequences. They know that that will not be okay flying in our home. Right? And sadly, there's been times where we've had to say, hey, you, you, this is the choice that you make, therefore there are consequences attached to it. Well, it's the exact same way in the kingdom of God. But listen, God is not out looking to punish people. God's looking to bless. God's looking to reward. Why? Because he's a good father. That's what he loves to do. I don't like always having to you know, discipline or you know, spank my children because they do make the wrong choice. I love being able to bless them. Well, our father is the same way. But here's the thing also I've learned about God is that God doesn't just reward those who make bad decisions. Why? Because then you take away incentive. And this is what we're all here for, right? God's not just throwing out participation medals for anybody that just participates. No, that's not who He is. When you do what He asks you to do, when you go according to how His Word operates, the Bible says you will be rewarded, right? Let me just give you a couple of verses just to prove to you. And again, I'm laying a foundation for the coming weeks ahead, but God is a rewarder. So when you see this in 2 John chapter 1, verse 8, I want you to see the Father's heart. He longs to reward you, not just partially reward you, but what we see again here in 2 John chapter 1, that you receive a full reward, receive a full reward. That is God's will for your life, that you receive a full reward. Come on, say that with me. Full reward. That is good news. That's exactly what we want to see happen in our lives. And I know that's what you want to see in your own life and in those that you care about. So that's why we're taking the time to really talk about honor because honor hinges the reward that you and I are experiencing. So I'm not going to get too crazy into, into this now because I don't want to keep you another hour and a half getting into it. But I want to just lay a quick foundation that God is a rewarder and He's interested in you and I receiving our full reward. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, a very familiar scripture, says this, It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists. So notice what you have to believe. You must believe that God exists and... What else do you have to believe about God? That He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. What does He do? He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. What does He do? I want to get this into your mind and thinking. He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. God is a rewarder. This is who He is. And I'll give you a couple other verses. You know, when God introduced Himself to Abram, before he was Abraham in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1, God appeared to Abram in a vision, in a dream, and he says, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. <laughs> I mean, imagine thinking, like, just look how God introduced himself. He said, Don't be afraid, Abram. Why? I am your great reward. That's who he is. God is the greatest reward. This God is amazing. He's wonderful. When you get him, you get the greatest thing of all time. I mean, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Do you know that is an amazing reward? <laughs> but it doesn't stop there because it says, you know, in John chapter 1, I believe it's verse 17 or 18. It says that we continually experiencing grace upon grace. He, uh, amplified, I believe it says, heaping grace upon heaping grace. God doesn't know when to stop. You know, the Bible in the, the Hebrews, they call him El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. 
just when you think that you've had enough. Well, God is more than enough. If I were to pour water into this cup, God is just fill it up to the top. He continually overflows. God is a rewarder. This is what he loves to do. This is what he's all about. And again, this is part of the gospel that we got to preach, right? Because people think that God is a withholder or that God will just barely give you enough or even craziness that God wants you broke. God wants you poor. God wants you sick. God wants you to just suffer through this life till you get to heaven. That's not the plan of God. That's not the will of God. God is a rewarder. And when you start operating in his ways, guess what? He rewards those who sincerely seek him. Just by spending time seeking the Lord, guess what? You get rewarded. Man, it's, it's amazing that we got to get this in our thinking that God is a rewarder. You're, you know, when you get a bonus on your paycheck, thank God for that. Or when you get a new job, thank God for all those wonderful things. But ultimately, God is the one who rewards. He is the rewarder. Anytime you've received anything good in this life, you know, James chapter 1, 16 through 18, talks about that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. I mean, everything you have right now came from Him. Anything good that you have right now, guess what? It came from the rewarder. <laughs> you know, the Bible says that he who finds a good wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I have an amazing wife. All you husbands that are watching right now, look over at your spouse for a sec. Man, like you, that was a gift to you. Thank God for it, right? It also says that children are a gift from the Lord. Man, you can, maybe your kids are running around you right now online. Well, you can just, hey, kid, you just stop and look at them for a sec. That is a gift to you from the Father above. Man, that's who He is. He is a good God. He is a rewarder. And again, He wants to give you the full reward that you've worked so hard for, that you've stood so long for. You know, I'll give you a couple other verses here. Psalm chapter 19, uh, verses 9 through 11. You can read that. I'm going to just kind of condense it a little bit. It says, The words of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. In keeping them, there is great reward. Where is there great reward? In keeping His word. There is great reward. Great reward. And you know what? Does God play favorites? Does God have favorites? Not at all. But he says right here, in keeping his word, there is great reward. So whenever you see somebody that gets rewarded by God, don't get all angry and go, how come he got that and why did she get this? I know the type of you know, person that they are. Listen, you have no idea because any kind of great reward, obviously somebody is keeping his word. So you can't judge by that. Next, so Proverbs chapter 11, verse 31. It says, the righteous will be rewarded in the earth. Where are they going to get rewarded? Again, it's, it's probably right there on the screen that you're looking at right now. What does he say? Proverbs 11.31. The righteous will be rewarded in the earth. Who's the righteous? That's me. That's you. Those that are watching. That's you. You are the righteous. You mean that's you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You are made the righteousness of God. And by keeping His Word, by obeying what He tells us to do in His Word, by making the choices. You know, when somebody does something to you, I'm going to continue to walk in love. Or I'm going to continue to extend grace when somebody does something. By continually operating in God's ways, what's going to happen? I'm going to get rewarded. <laughs> You know, walking and what we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks, as I said, is about honor. But if we start operating and acting out in honor, the result is we're going to get rewarded. We're going to get rewarded. It's not dependent on what other people do to you. But again, you and I, we have a responsibility to do what the Word says. Oh man, I thank God. This is amazing. 
I'm, I'm stirred up, right? I'd do a little spin in my chair if I could, but I'm kind of limited space-wise. It's, it's good news. This is the gospel, right? Yes, you accepted Jesus. It just keeps going on. God keeps just showing more and more and more and more. This is who He is. He's a rewarder. Proverbs 13, 21 says this, Righteous people will be rewarded with good things. Not bad things, good things. Again, what am I doing? I'm just trying to get this on the inside of you till you see it. God is the rewarder. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20, or sorry, Proverbs 28, verse 20, it says, The trustworthy will get a rich reward. A rich reward. <laughs> Man, this is powerful. This is what you're going to get a rich reward. Why? Because the, you're trustworthy. Other translations say, A faithful man will abound in blessings. That's who you are. And where does it come from? It comes from our Heavenly Father. And you all know this is, this is again, just talking about things that take place in the, in the world that we're living in right now that we get rewarded here and there. But, you know, over the, the last couple of weeks, you know, I did a kind of a, just a two-week seminar with, my, with Pastor John, my dad, on talking about end times. And uh, last week we had a Q&A session, last week Sunday. And one of the questions that came up was just talking about the judgment seat of Christ. And if you actually read that and study that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you find out that ultimately it's a reward ceremony. So not only are you going to get blessed for what you do here on this earth and you're going to reap the rewards now, it's also going to benefit you when we face Jesus on that day. And when you study that out, when you see the, the judgment seat of Christ, it's not that your sins get judged. No, that's already been taken care of when Jesus died on the cross. Your sins have already been judged on Jesus. What it is, it's going to be actually, it's called, a, um, it's called a bema in Greek, and that simply means a reward ceremony. You're not going to be judged for your unfaithfulness. You will be rewarded for your faithfulness. So it is an exciting time, and you can understand that God wants to reward His kids. I really want you to get to that uh, this morning. God is a rewarder, and He's interested in rewarding you for what you do. When you follow God's ways, guess what? There's reward for you. The more that you think that, you got to become reward conscious. It's okay to do that. You know, remember in uh, 1 cha Samuel chapter 17, when David was about to fight Goliath, right? What did he do? Uh, when he got up there, uh, it says, anybody who kills this Philistine, first of all, they're going to get, they're going to be live tax-free, and they're also going to get the king's daughter as their wife. And so what did David do? He actually went around three different times. So what does the person get who kills that? He's reward conscience. There is no problem with having the mindset that I get rewarded. Every time you choose to step in love, every time you choose to be honorable, any time you start to go and do things God's way, what's going to happen? You will be rewarded. Now, I trust I kind of sank that down on the inside of you this morning. I just wanted to lay a foundation before we jump off into the deep end on this. But I just want you to know this, that good things are in store for you. So let's, let's make a decision right now, this morning. Let's make a concrete decision that I'm going to do um, my life. I'm going to live my life according to what He says. When I live according to the Word of God, I get His results. Amen. Let's just do that right now, right where you're sitting. I want you just to say this with me, this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, today I make a decision to be a doer of your word and not just a hearer. Father, I ask you for your grace, your ability in my life to be a doer of this word. Lord, right now I make a commitment to break any bad habits of not doing your word, but by acting out in my own opinions or acting out in my own flesh. 
Father, I make a new commitment today to be a doer of what your word says. Holy Spirit, I ask you to show me how to live a godly life on this earth and teach me to make right decisions. I receive it. I thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you. Now this week, you dig into this word. You find out how God thinks. You find out what God is like. And the result is when you start making decisions like Him, it'll bless you. Because knowing this, God is a rewarder. We love you. We love you. We love you. Have a wonderful day. And we will see you throughout the week.